You raise the blade. You make the change. You rearrange me. Till I'm inviting you to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. That's right, I'm not welcoming you. I'm inviting you to this one. (laughs) So take a seat. Um, You're going to be uncomfortable and not sure when to leave. But (laughs) I'm Gareth Blackler and I'm, I'm your host... But I'm not your only host. Oh, no, I actually can't keep this energy. Hold on, I'm going to start over. <laughs> no, this is perfect. Hi, I'm James Barron. I'm, I'm the other host, your maitre d' here, serving up hot, fresh podcasts for you. We're keeping that one. That was great. No, <laughs> fine. Uh, welcome to Sync Floyd. It, yeah, it's a podcast where we watch movies on mute with Pink Floyd playing. My name is Gareth, and that is the name of an Arthenian knight, which is yeah. all good and well because this week we're talking about one of the Arthurian knights but more importantly his green buddy the green knight james how green do you reckon this knight is he's green as man he's like he i feel like he started out not green and time rolled on he became green all over Mm. covered he's a real oscar the grouch type (laughs) Man, he's he's up there with Gumby in terms of in green folk that I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Watch the Green Knight, a, a movie from this year, a yeah, a new release. Um, as of well, kind of. It was it's been in development for a long time, <laughs> and I've been hyping it up for a hell of a long time. Yeah. So you know, I'm happy to talk about it here with you. Yeah. So, yeah, we were both very excited for The Green Knight. I yes. think you pretty much, you opened the door to me for The Green Knight. You said, get aboard, get through this door. I'm inviting <laughs> you. And we both just like, I think we may have both just sat in our cupboards recording. Yep. And off mic, hyping each other up for The Green Knight to the point where I, for one, thought The Green Knight was a huge Hollywood hit <laughs> that everyone was hyped for. Nah, man. And I organized watch-alongs i organized two simultaneous watch-alongs when the film finally hit new zealand streaming hell yeah and wow got a good number i think i got like 20 people watching it at the same time holy shit man nice work that's really good ah but um the first thing when i switched my phone back on at the end was all right so gareth's never picking another film again oh no (laughs) (laughs) damn fair enough because yeah this film weird it's super Um, weird yeah james talk me through your adventure with the green knight how do you feel about it yeah how was the hype train for you so yeah there was this is a a classic tale of uh false bravado and all kinds of hubris really at, at the end of the day but um yeah saw this trailer for the green knight online and i was like holy shit this is a movie Taylor made for me you know how much mm. i love my dark fantasy bullshit um and so when i saw this trailer i was like oh my god this is fantastic turns out all the best bits are in the trailer <laughs> really <sighs> for this movie i would say it's a fantastic trailer um yeah and i got mad hyped and this movie got like delayed uh for like a full year it was supposed to come mm. out like this time last year and it got yeah delayed for obvious reasons um (laughs) and yeah eventually came out online uh to pay we had to pay um big bezos some some money 
to see yeah. to see this film um and you know it's <laughs> it, it's like not as good as i was hoping but the thing is i set my goal for this movie i set my aspirations astronomically high for this and that i just i was hoping for this like i was hoping for a completely mad fantasy adventure and i kind of got that like yeah um, the more i have so i've seen this movie now three times um mm. and the more i've watched it the more i like it i like first watch i was like okay that really kind of disappointed me but like i'd <laughs> i was i'd set it way too high and the more yeah. i've watched it the more i've enjoyed it so you know okay i'm here to defend my love of the green knight but um know that it's a weird film and it's not for everyone and it's definitely not a blockbuster release that should be celebrated <laughs> yeah it's definitely not organized a bunch of people who have wildly different uh movie tastes yeah. to watch yeah i because i was gonna say is this the first like ye old fantasy that I like more than you because I thoroughly wow. love this movie, but I think I loved it also. And I will let you answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I love this movie because of our friendship and this show. Aww. Like, I think you've taught me how to be hyped for things that are fantasy for the nature of them being fantasy. Yeah. And then when this film did that and then was also super weird and arty and like, kind of played with the idea of being a hero i yes. found in a really interesting way it all worked out for me oh nice but yeah is this the can you think of any ye old fantasies that i might like more than you because yeah uh this might be it honestly like yeah right fantasy is my whole shit a lot of the time <laughs> so <laughs> like that that is so heartwarming to hear gareth that you absolutely oh. bloody loved this oh I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to hear it um but yeah, I think main, my main beef with this mm. film is that I, I knew about the legend, the Green Knight going in. Oh, um, I didn't. Yeah. So I, I was, I'm a big fan of like old Arthurian legends and stuff like that. I've done, I've done my reading, my research um, yeah. on this kind of stuff. And so I had an expectation of like what was going to happen. And they changed various, like various things. And um, wildly the the legend leaves a lot more like up in the air than this movie oh. does like this movie yeah. sort of fills in the blanks a lot of the time and i like found that bizarre even though this movie is like as you say very arty and ethereal and not a lot mm. is explained it's seriously it could like the legend is even looser <laughs> it's like like very ephemeral <laughs> in nature mm. Um, still like same kind of plot, but, and also like, uh, some th various things are changed for the movie to serve a different kind of story than I think that obviously the, the green knight was trying to tell. Um, okay. but I, th I think it works really well. And like, I've definitely come around on it the more that I've watched. So I don't, I don't know if it's my favorite movie of the year, but it's definitely top like three i'd say yeah because yeah currently as of recording it's sitting at my number one. Oh yeah i almost feel like even by the time the episode comes out it won't be because cinemas are reopening in auckland mm. new zealand and i'm probably gonna go see see a bit of june see Ooh, a bit yeah. of last night in soho yeah probably i have a free ticket to Candyman. yeah Candyman is only playing at one cinema at 4 p.m on a wednesday <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try yeah gonna try to get to Candyman. absolutely
You've said it yeah, three times now, so you, you like. Oh no! Um, um, please welcome our guest, the Candyman. <laughs> he's on. He's not on mic. He's just lo- looming nah. in the background with like a hook and stuff. I I haven't seen Candyman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what his deal is. Something about bees. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, shall we talk about the Green Knight, how it's synced up? This is a pretty long flick, uh, mm. with a lot going on. So shall we talk about how it's synced up, eh? Yeah, I do just want to say, this is my English teacher theory for this film. Ooh. And I'm dropping it early because I feel like it is going to kind of paint, like, I'm hoping it can paint how people kind of think about the film yeah. as we go through it. Okay. I think this film is, and I should have written this down because <laughs> it's very warm and no English teacher <laughs> teaches in this heat. They all go home. <laughs> um, this film is a, it's um, a deconstruction of myths themselves and the mm. stories we need to tell. Like why we need to simplify things into a story to begin with. This is my theory and it could fall apart like as we go through it. And I'm very interested in how you knowing the poem will mm. feed into this. But essentially, um, Galwain, Dev Fatale's character, you know, he's in a world where the only thing that's important seems to be the stories of yourself. And yeah. he finally gets to be in a story. But his story is, incredibly simply, you have to walk somewhere so a guy can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he spends this whole walk trying to live this nightly life, trying to, you know yeah do all the things knights do like you see him he'll talk very knightish and then just be shot down by another character mm. and like these pretty much to a lot of people's detriment of the film these random things that look cool happen to him and i think the film's doing that on purpose to be like yes it's not you know the way you tell a story is to just have the stuff suddenly derail your character but it's how life works And then when he gets to the end and realizes, oh, I am just going to get my head cut off. He then has to tell himself a story about why that's the best thing for the village and how Mm. he's actually really noble to do it. And yeah, so that's my big English teacher thing. I also think you can take that aside and enjoy this film, much like Pink Floyd do, as a concept album where every scene is a song loosely telling a story. Yes. Yeah. I like I like both of those takes. That is very very good. Uh yeah, yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense to me and that like yeah, it's uh the yeah, it's a, like the whole point is that it's a deconstruction of the of the hero's journey kind of mm. thing and what that means for a character when they're trying to slot themselves into that. Um yeah, that's sort of the the feeling for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Maybe I like this film so much because years ago I lived in a flat that had the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, on like a DVD as a documentary. And I was sick from work one day and I thought I'd watch that. And it was so dry and so <laughs> hard to understand. And already I was like feverish and unwell. Oh, no. And really I should have just been watching like Brooklyn Nine-Nine in bed. Yeah. But I, you know, watched like a little bit hated the experience <laughs> and now maybe i'm all about like oh are you gonna destroy the concept of a hero's journey yeah yeah sign me up invite me in <laughs> invite me to the table yeah Gosh. say my name three times i'll it's, be right there this sound this movie feels like the dream that you would have after that experience like <laughs> yeah feverishly dreaming of of this hero for sure <laughs> this is the dream my 
parents had when they fell asleep taking us to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, like, there you go. Yeah. All right, let's do Sold. it, bud. Let's do okay. it. Let's talk about the the movie for real. Um, yeah. Opening titles, blah, 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 blah. Speak to me. We get the um, whispers from uh, an unknown character with a crown descending upon our, our boy Dev Patel's head. Uh, mm. He is not the titular Green Knight, but in fact, Sir, Ga- Sir Ga- Gawain. I say Sir Gawain. The movie says Sir Gawain, um, ah. which is interesting. I've always said Gawain just because that's how it's written. And I've never... Yeah. I've never met a Gawain or a Garwin, so I'm not. I'm gonna say Gawain, and you're gonna to have to deal with that, listeners. I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm, I can deal with that. Okay, good. Um, I also reckon we could just call him Dev Patel because it is <laughs> Dev Patel doing so much of the heavy lifting to make this character oh, yeah. likable. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I wouldn't like this if it wasn't Dev Patel, and I don't know what it says about me or movies in general or Dev Patel. No, that's, that's very fair. He does bring the role to life for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's about to burst into flame <laughs> ominously <laughs> uh, as, yeah, he just sets a light. He's, si- he's sitting in sort of like a, a, a medieval kind of uh, like artistic pose. So like a drawing mm. of uh, like the Pope or Jesus or something from like a medieval text would uh, resemble this like uh, posing. Um mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it's sort of like a biblical vibe going on. Um, and yeah, they're talking about like a fabled king and they're saying that this isn't the story of King Arthur, but in fact, a, a different king, a story of ill portent, Gareth. Um, oh, yes. It's going to be a bad time. Uh, and yeah, we get this like opening uh, sequence with uh, credits into cart where there is like a farmyard and bells tolling in the distance as we like right as we go in to breathe and yes it is uh we see this building in the distance catching fire and people rushing into action uh with this like farmyard in the foreground with like a sleepy farmer guy um and yeah this works really well to breathe freaked Mm. me out um and yeah, we just uh, pull like the, from the scene, we pull through uh, a window, um, like pull backwards through it and then into this room where Sir Gawain is sleeping uh, and he is startled, startled awake by a splash of water from his girl, Essel, who's like a common girl. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know what her deal is, uh, but she's covered in bells. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I like a lot. Uh, yeah. Just classic minstrel vibes from It's Essel. Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is mm. Christmas time. It's it's Christmas Day, I believe, um, here. And yeah. Yeah, she's, he, he's waking up, like, in this uh, sort of slum area uh, and getting getting ready and going uh, into, into uh, the Camelot Castle. Because this is Camelot where we are. Um, mm. And yeah, he's getting ready. There are random people like asking him if he's a knight yet. And he says, no, I'm not. And it's people are saying, better hurry up and, then, and, and become a knight. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as we get the, this like hurry up notion, we get race towards an early grave and then going into on the run. Um, and he's like, yeah, just sort of 
trudging through the streets of Camelot, returning to home on mm. his on his horse, and he picks up Essel and puts her on the back of the horse. Um, and yeah, it's just just good vibes at the start of this film. Yeah, really. Um, and yeah, we get uh, the the intro of Sir Ga- Sir Gawain as a character which is introduced in multiple medieval fonts flashing on screen. Like reminding me way too much of like a medieval version of the Space Jam intro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah. I mean, in a way, that was green people challenging (laughs) our heroes to a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To me, it was like a medieval... um, Kanye West's All of the Lights. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Changing. Yeah. Very much so. That's mm. also a great comparison. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's also, like, all the font work in this movie is really, really nice. Um, yeah. There's a regular recurring feature where, like, the different acts or parts of the story are introduced on screen with um, title cards in these lovely um, medieval fonts. Yeah. And, and I like that a lot. As, like, a graphic design guy, that's real nice. Um, mm. and yeah, uh, he, he gets home and his mom is there. Um, and she accuses him of like, where were you? And he was at, he claims he was at mass all night, but he wasn't <laughs> super wasn't. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so he, you can tell that he's this sort of like rebellious, uh, basically like near child, like yeah. at this point, just like having a grand time in Camelot and not really having much responsibility. And we'll understand more about that soon. Um, but yeah, he gets ready for an upcoming uh, Christmas feast. And he's like, are you going to come along, mum? And she's like, no, I don't have the appetite for the feast. And uh, she leaves saying with this like foreboding message, she says, tell me what you see. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but we get the crash sound and on the run as we are like carried into this feast this shot is bizarre um it's like we're looking up at the sky looking up at the archway entrance of the castle as we go through it it's Mm. very disorienting um it yeah a little it made me feel a little sick when i saw it for the first time (laughs) just because it's such an odd angle but um yeah it is very dramatic and uh we go into this feast as there's this uh, ringed uh, feast table um, with all the knights and the king and queen at the back, who are um, King Arthur and Queen Guinevere. Um, Yeah, looking very different to how you may remember them from (laughs) Guy Ritchie's The Legend of the Sword. Oh my god, yes. Very Um, old, very sickly. Yeah, like emaciated, uh, Mm. corpse-like almost, which is on purpose. (laughs) Um, by the way, on the director's part, he made this conscious decision. Um, I'll get more into it later, I think. Imagine if it wasn't on purpose. Like, he wanted them to show up looking cool and sexy, and then they showed up look, like, um, looking all emaciated. I was like, is this, not, is this not what you wanted? No. I'm sorry. Surely you want a weakened King Arthur. Um, yeah. But anyway. Uh, we are cutting between this feast and a tower far outside Camelot, um, where, uh, Gawain's mother is out here performing some kind of dark ritual. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's very like pagan in nature. There's a lot of, um, sticks and, uh, figures 
and uh, like skulls and blood and all kinds of things. It's just, it feels very um, like woodsy druidic uh, magic yeah. is taking place. And yeah, it's really good. Um, so his mother, by the way, is um, Morgan Le Fay is the character name. Uh, and this is like the most important difference uh, versus the legend or the poem. Morgan Le Fay mm. in the poem is the like blindfolded lady much, much later in the story in the like manor house castle bit at the end. Like, yeah. So that is Morgan Le Fay in the, in the legend, um, but they just okay. kept that character there. Um, and yeah, not at all related to Gawain. Uh, so making her this like pivotal role uh, into his mother is super important and changes like the whole sort of structure of the film, really. And that she is yeah. the, she's the instigator for all these events that are coming. And uh, the fact that it's his mother pushing him towards these things is super important. Just want to mm. get that out of the way now. Um no, and it's definitely where my theory falls apart, is if it wasn't someone directly choosing him for this quest, it mm. would all, like, the idea that he's just been put into the randomness of life and is trying to make himself the big man would all add up. But yeah. yeah. So um, the thing yeah, is- I'm interested in what you got to say. He fully doesn't know that, that, like, mm. th- that she is behind all this or whatever- um and that's why like it still works as a theory because it, he would he is acting of his own accord he's just being like pushed by like these outside influences but like whether or not that matters is up in the up for debate really like because yeah. he is acting of on his own and how he's grappling with this is is sort of the point of the movie um that's that's my take yeah. anyway and i suppose there's every chance that she's also like if you're going to say he's wrong there's mm. every chance that she's also wrong. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she could also be trying to, you know, trying to make this great narrative, but it's not actually how it's going to work. Like, she could yeah. also believe that he's, you know, destined to be a king, but a bad king or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, we're getting the ominous time chords as where uh, Gawain gets called over to meet with the king. And goes over to sit sit with him, and it turns out he's the king's uh, nephew. Morgan Le Fay is the is the king's sister um, mm. in the story as well, but again, usually not his mother, <laughs> usually not Gawain's <laughs> mother. Um, but yeah, so an important difference. Uh, and then on screen we get a title card: "The Christmas Game," which is about to begin. Um, yeah. And yeah, the king. We just get like a little bit of info from him about like how he regrets not getting to know Gawain better, how blood is thicker than water and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, but that's why I brought you over here tonight. And he asks for a legend or like a tale, a grand tale about yourself. Um, But Gawain has like nothing he can offer the king. Basically Mm -hmm. the point here is that he, uh, yeah, the, he has no amazing story to tell the king because he's sort of just wasting his life at this point. He's not like he aspires to be a knight, but hasn't done any of the work or anything, you know? Yeah. Is the idea. He um, likes to party. Yeah. And fair play. But like mm. Camelot, tis a silly place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. 
And the queen uh, encourages him about this. She says, like, you have no tale to tell yet. And yeah, it's sort of like a uh, we've got time playing in the background. And this is a pretty good fit, like thematically as well. And that mm. like no one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. That kind of feeling. He feels like yeah. he should be better than he is by now. And he, there's this expectation on him. But whether or not he's up to the challenge. Yeah at this point in the story well yeah exactly anyway yeah <laughs> uh yeah so we cut back and forth between the king giving like his christmas speech which is very dramatic and uh uh his mother performing this uh ritual and like etching this like letter like writing this incredibly detailed like medieval font letter writing mm. in the middle ages must have taken absolutely forever just by yeah. like <laughs> looking at this oh my god yeah fill in every like strange triangle that forms a j yeah and move on to whatever the hell the a looks like and then onwards it's just, you, yeah there's so much room to absolutely fuck up as well like there's no crossing <laughs> yeah. out when you're doing like beautiful calligraphy and green ink you know <laughs> and you oh that would look so funny though like half an f crossed out <laughs> a new f then you realize you've spelled the word wrong to begin with it's oh my crossed God. out i bet that happened a hell of a lot as well it's just yeah. that like <laughs> in in uh like reviewing it now we would never know <laughs> but I bet yeah they weren't keeping those ones no nah, they're all tossed into the flames <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um the king says that he's uh, the luckiest of all at the feast because he's among his friends and i thought that that was quite sweet yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shout outs to arthur arthur's like honestly yeah he's like very old and um frail in this hmm. clearly late in his adventures um which i don't know like chronologically when the green knight is supposed to take place in terms of like oh, it's all up in the air you know with the yeah. in terms of the stories because all arthurian legends are a series of stories rather than like here are the events as they happened like they're not historical in any way we get the the ritual culminating as we go into great gig uh, unfortunately, it's not a perfect sync right as the the Green Knight enters as the ritual is yeah. complete. I was a little bit disappointed by that. It's out by about like five, six seconds or something. Um, yeah. But never mind. We can't always It have... definitely does vibe if, though. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, the Green Knight entering over the like somber um, opening like piano chords of Great Gig is very nice. Mm. Um yeah, we get the, like, not frightened of dying monologue as well, which works too. Uh, and, yeah. So perfect. Um, yeah, the, all the all the knights stand up in their chairs and, like, are ready to fight this guy. But the, the king gets beckoned forward at, like, a nod from Merlin, who, by the way, Merlin is just creepy as hell in this. Has no lines yeah. in the whole movie, but this is the scariest that Merlin's ever looked. Um, I don't know what... He what they've done but <laughs> does he have face tattoos is yes. that what's going on it just yeah he's got like runes like tattooed under his eyes and mm. he looks like just he just looks like a warlock you know which i guess like yeah. we're going for a much darker theme with this movie so i guess that fits but man don't want this guy on my court no way 
I guess I, I do want him on my call. I don't want him opposing me, that's for sure. Um, yeah. God damn. Uh, yeah. And we haven't really talked- oh, I guess we haven't seen him properly yet, but the Green Knight himself is like- Here he is, yes. This is what you want out of your fantasy movies, is just someone to have ripped up pages and pages on their character design until they've come up with something bananas, like- I want to, if you're going to readapt like something this old and this like, mm. especially this told this much, like there's been a Franklin in the Green Knight about the little cartoon turtle. Wow. Like, people have told the Green Knight story. Was he the Green gonna, Knight or not? <laughs> no, it was Gawain. That is I so actually, I don't know confusing. Which one. I, actually, I really did want to watch it for preparation for this episode. <laughs> uh, and I'm very sorry. That's my greatest regret. Oh, well. Um. But yeah, if you're going to do this, I want you to lock a character designer in a room for a year and yeah. then take their most insane scribblings. A year and, and a day. Use that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll come for you. Mm. And then I will draw a picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, the, the Green Knight's like, he's sort of like an Ent from Lord of the Rings. Yes. He's a crusty tree man. But he's also like pretty handsome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah he's got like a bearded sort of face to him mm. which is he's got yeah but he is made out of tree bark um he's got these like kind old eyes he looks yes. he looks extremely old um and yeah his like armor is covered in and like growing moss and plant life and he's got his horse isn't shown very much but is also like similarly um like armored up and yeah like looks like it's slowly deteriorating away um but yeah it's he it has a very impressive presence and uh yeah he looks he looks great they nailed the look of the night for me mm. this is like exactly yeah. the kind of thing that i imagined um when reading the story and that he is described as like being a force of nature um mm. so yeah that that tracks perfectly for me and yeah it's interesting because i think when this was told like we didn't quite have the idea that the devil was red mm. that hadn't been quite like nailed in so like i think it was kind of up in the air so it's not really known why the green knight is green um in terms of the the poem like yeah i think the main thing is that it's nature and it's man versus nature yeah but yeah, like I just like the idea that you know they were, they were trialing a little green devil for a bit, like <laughs> like how they had green Coca Cola. Yeah, he definitely has yeah. the all the hallmarks of a devil, and that he's got this like this game with very strict rules, and mm. it's just waiting for someone to sign on the contract and then get things going for a bit of a devilish game, you know, like yeah, classic. Uh, but yeah, he he has come to propose his game. And mm. um, he hands the queen a letter uh, and makes her like read it. She, when she reads it in the, we don't hear this in our watch because we're on mute, obviously. But in the mm. um, theatrical cut of uh, <laughs> this movie, uh, she reads it with his voice, like a distorted yes. male voice. And her eyes like glaze over white as she reads this uh, missive, which is, mm. it's very fun. I've got it written here. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Or Yeah. Okay. Can you do it in the Green Knight's voice? Oh, in Ralph Einstein's voice? I don't think I can. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to Do you try. want me to try to dub, like, put the reverb on it? Okay. All right. Sure. Okay. You ready? All yeah. Right. Oh, greatest of kings. 
Indulge me in this friendly Christmas game. Let whichever of your knights is boldest of blood and wildest of heart step forth, take up arms, and try with honor to land a blow against me. Whosoever nicks me shall lay claim to this, my arm. And then he lifts his axe up. <laughs> there it is. Uh, its glory and riches shall be thine, but thy champ must bind himself to this. Should he land a blow, then one year and yuletide hence, he must seek me out yonder to the green chapel six nights to the north. He shall find me there, and bend the knee, and let me strike him in return. Be it a scratch on the cheek, or a cut to the throat, I will remain. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> I will return what was given to me, and then in trust and friendship we shall part. Who then? Who is willing to engage with me? Da, da, da. Uh. Uh, there you go. Um, and that was good. Can you also now say, um... Sink Floyd. <laughs> yeah. If we've got a listener called, like, uh, Mary, can you just say, Mary can't come to the phone right now? <laughs> Mary can't come to the phone right now. The Green Knight has an engagement with her at the Green Chapel. Please call back at another time. <laughs> In one year hence. <laughs> In one year hence. Beep. There you go. Thank you. Oh, man. Lock it in. Uh, yeah. As she finishes the note, it catches fire, which I just <laughs> I love. Like, this note shall self-destruct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. So, that's the challenge. Um, it's pretty airtight in terms of rules. Uh, mm. And, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, the king, like, approaches the knight and he's like... Um, and he has a couple of questions for him. Like he, he says, is this like your challenge alone? And he's like, yes. Um, and he's like, well, I, as much as I would love to fucking do this, yeah. um, I am, I am too old and frail. And he asks for volunteers and he's like, surely one of you brave lads is, is brave enough to accept this man's challenge. And, and Gawain immediately volunteers. He's wanting, this is the opportunity he's been waiting for mm. to prove himself, um, to have a story be t- to worth telling. Um, yeah. And yeah. Do you reckon that the mum meant for him to take it? Yes. Like, is that maybe where it's all fallen apart? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Um, okay. yeah. It's by design. Um, and yeah, we get the cha-ching of money coming in when he accepts this, this yes. mantle. Um, and we go into money. Uh, and yeah, he the, he's like trying to figure out what to do here, about to like jump over the table and get involved. And uh, the king reminds him at this point that this is only a game. It's only a game. There's nothing mm. to fear. Um, and he borrows the king's own sword for this battle, presumably Excalibur. I don't <laughs> I yeah. don't know for sure, um, but pretty dramatic. Uh, and then yeah, prepares to do battle. Um, it get, like they square up against each other and then the, the knight just stands with his arms outstretched in the center of the room, just asserting <laughs> dominance. Um, yeah, he's just like awaiting the blow rather than like fighting. Gawain's was 
expecting a, like a battle mm. to take place even though he's like not a knight and hasn't prepared doesn't know how to fight with a sword probably um and yeah just he, he was expecting to have to fight the knight who um just puts his axe down to the floor like disarms himself and mm. where he puts it it starts like moss starts instantly growing around it up through the cracks in the in the floor and the um cobblestones and covering the area where the axe is i love that detail so yeah. sweet um and yeah he he refuses to like face gawain in combat who isn't like sure what to do and he like the knight just like turns his head and exposes his neck like proffering that to gawain who's like he has to like hype himself up sort of like a king Mm. arthur beat your chest moment uh (laughs) oh I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> Guy Ritchie's King Arthur beating his... Yeah, it's so funny. Bitches. <laughs> but yeah, he hypes himself into doing it and then says, never forget what happened here on this Christmas day. And he beheads the knight in one, like, clean swipe. So that's pretty mm. impressive. Um, and yeah, everyone's looking on. At, there's blood covering the castle floor. And he he turns to face the king and queen, sort of in shock, I think. Yeah. And uh, headless behind him, the knight rises in the background and picks mm. up his own head uh, and, like, turns it to face the audience and the eyes crack open and it just says, One year hence. Which is so sick. Yeah. And, yeah, he just, like still holding his head remounts his horse and just maniacally laughs and leaves gaps it fucking amazing uh yeah yeah, just laughing all the way out of the castle and everyone's like yeah (laughs) they all see this as an absolute victory which is so funny um yeah it's such like toxic masculinity it's like yeah he chop him up yeah like gawain and the king and queen are both sort of in shock about what Mm. just what just happened uh everyone else is loving it uh but yeah um right like so that whole sequence played out for the money solo as well and yes. we go into yeah. the second verse like right as the crowd cheer um yeah. after that performance as they would for the solo yeah it's weirdly weirdly good timing wise mm. there yeah um, and the green knight like re-rises to that like descending scale that yeah signifies that the solo is about to go more insane real nice real nice yeah. syncs throughout that whole bit really um mm. and yeah uh we get from here like that that's the the end of that part of the tale and um that we see the axe getting closed away in a chest and then we get a on top of that chest is a new title card a too quick year um because mm. yeah we've got that we see the year play out very quickly um as we're going into us and them and um a crowd has gathered to watch like a sort of puppet show very like punch and judy-esque um yeah but like pre punch and judy obviously um <laughs> uh but yeah like it's it's the legend of sir gawain and the green knight playing out um here because this is it's, it's become legend already mm. this event um 
and it, like even before the legend itself is completed and i i think that's really interesting like the point that this story is already being told across the kingdom even though like the ending hasn't happened um yeah yeah so that's just interesting um yeah i, I mean not to pat myself on the back but it does kind of stack up to my english teacher yeah theory. i like it it's getting yeah. yeah it's good it's good stuff uh it, i do also like with this puppet show there's like a um a, a wheel behind the characters yeah. showing like the seasons the passing seasons which is a fantastic like whoever made this puppet show fucking crushed it because yeah <laughs> that is like fantastic way to show a year passing just having these like four segments on the wheel it's really mm. nice um i really appreciated it <laughs> So I can see a big spring summer of puppets for us as well. Yeah, man. Puppets are <laughs> popping off. It's just, yeah. when are we doing bloody like Chucky? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tempt me. Yeah. Or like the Saw franchise. I don't know like many other puppet based films, but. Yeah. Team America. Yeah. Um, oh, isn't there like, is there a movie that's as creepy as the puppets and being John Malkovich? Because they Ooh. messed me up when I first saw them. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. Oh. But, uh, yeah, there's that Dan Harmon, Charlie Kaufman one that's like weird, creepy stop motion puppets that are a little too real, but a little Ooh. too unreal. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Let's get on. Let's get off this puppet train as fast as yeah. we can. Uh <laughs> I'm just worried that, like, I bet that the 2020s were going to be the big decade for clowns, and I think puppets are going to beat them, so. All right, well, we were close, you know. Based entirely on our reviews of movies that usually came out in different decades to the 2020s, (laughs) puppets are back. It's defining for us, at the very least. Yeah. Puppets are back in a big way, and everyone's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Oh, man. Anyway, uh, yeah, we got... um, uh Essel hanging out with Gawain um they, they are seeing each other once more and she's like asking him what it was like um fighting the night beheading the night and he says that it was like cutting a melon and it was like it felt like nothing really mm. to Gawain he was like sort of he's sort of shocked about how easy it was um and doesn't really understand what it means I feel like at this point uh but yeah, it's it's interesting that he's like he doesn't have anything really to say about it, um, and he feels very conflicted about it because um, we see him at a bar like enjoying uh, time with his friends like usual. But someone comes mm. up to him and starts like singing his praises, like recalling the legend of the Green Knight. But he gets all the details wrong, obviously, um, saying that like he cut his own he cut the knight's head off with his own axe and stuff which didn't happen um and yeah so he and he beats the shit out of this guy outside (laughs) the bar so it's pretty clear that he like doesn't fully want to accept this as his legacy he's like he's torn about it being uh again like his his fame outstripping him and him like not uh living up to this legend right um, yeah because yeah everyone knows that and everyone's telling this story and he hasn't really got a say in it but um you know and he doesn't really know what he's doing <laughs> as well he's yeah. still very childish and sort of trying to still live his old life 
and like throw all this other stuff aside while still having the aspirations of being a knight. Be- having a myth about yourself is a lot like when your parents call you and you feel like your life's a mess, but you kind of like spin it off to sound like it's really cool. Mm. So like, at least they won't be worried. Yeah. You know? That's what it's like when an ancient myth is written about you. <laughs> These are the modern myths. Yeah. The lies we tell our parents. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, after beating this guy up, he looks up in the sky and it is beginning to snow, um, harking, hearkening to the, um, the Christmas season falling upon the land yeah. once more. Um, and yeah, he goes home and like after this drunken brawl uh, covered in like mud from the street and uh, the king and his mother are meeting in his house and he's like, oh shit. And immediately like starts <laughs> cleaning himself off. Um, his mother doesn't say anything and like leaves and the king uh, has come around and he was discussing how he should go and meet the knight at the chapel because mm. they've still got to do that. Um, and Gawain's like, wasn't it just a game? Like, does it, does it matter? Uh, and the king is like, it, what? it may have been. It may have just have been a game, but it's not complete. The game is not finished. Um, and you've got to see it through. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, basically, Gawain is very afraid of the consequences of what he has done. Um, he's mm. afraid that death is not, the worth the price is not like a price worth paying for greatness um and the the king is like that's how it is that's the story man that's the that's what it is to be a knight like to become a legend you've got to accept that like in order to become great you risk dying um is sort of the idea that i get from this scene anyway um yeah and yeah yeah and bloody pink floyd come along and undercut it by saying not gonna kill you give you a short sharp shock yeah which is like dudes you're not listening man they they maybe they are listening maybe they're listening very closely oh but anyway the king uh wipes mud off of uh gawain's face and like comfort him like Mm. they they do have like a fairly close relationship it would seem like or like he's like tender to him anyway um but anyway we're going into uh, the sax solo for this, which I'm loving, mm. um, of us and them, by the way. Uh, and yeah, we, um, see the end of the play play out after the scene as well. The little puppet show where, um, Gawain's head is cut off by the night, like mirroring the other scene and his head just falls to the floor and then the night like gives a wee giggle and leaves. <laughs> it's just, it's just a dark implication there that this is coming um yeah uh yeah his mother visits him uh to prepare him we get this like preparation kind of montage for the journey um as there are all kinds of offerings that he is given for the journey um he gets like a blessed shield with a depiction of i think uh god on it um and uh his mother gives him a green sash with Mm. a rune inside of it um and says that if he uh never lets the sash fall no harm will come to him like so long as he has the sash on his waist he will be free from harm um yeah yeah is the sash in the original poem yes it is okay 
um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty important. Uh, yeah. But again, it is given much, much later uh, in the story. Oh. Uh, so yeah, again, it is given by this character, but like th- the character is different in the story. So yeah. Um, but yes, it is. The, it is one and the same. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, that makes it very interesting with what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. To this, to the sash. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so. Um, yeah, the king and queen give their their blessings to the journey, and um, we get a like a cutaway to uh, a meeting, like the final farewell between Gawain and Essel, and mm. uh, she is trying to convince him that this is stupid and that like she basically represents like the life that he desires, uh, and not the this knight of like one of the lives that he desires ra- rather. Yeah. Um, the then the one that isn't a knight the one that like continues to have fun and enjoy life and um it doesn't aspire for greatness um just as have is content with the way things are um and yeah i do love her line she says surely goodness is good enough over greatness um mm. which is yeah it's, it's a good line um and yeah uh she gives him a little bell <laughs> <laughs> as a farewell <laughs> from one of just pulls it off her cloak uh, mm-hmm. yeah um and if you can still hear it ringing then he still believes in santa yeah it's true yeah, yeah. probably uh, except the santa in this instance is the green knight so there is sort of a different implication there <laughs> this is my million dollar idea yeah for a24 is they should re-release the green knight now Mm. But just carefully recolor the Green Knight so that he's white and red and he's Santa. Yeah, that works. Just, yeah, don't don't address it. Because they don't call him... I don't think they call him the Green Knight during the film. Uh, They're like, ah, oh, here comes the Green Knight. And you can dub that. I'll dub it. You can dub it. Mm, yeah, no, they don't. They just refer to the chapel, right? The Green Chapel. Mm. And I think he is just referred to as the Knight if, if he does get mentioned, so... Easy. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah yeah so yeah gawain sits out on horseback and he gets followed by these little kids um, <laughs> yeah. like wishing him luck on his journey i love these little dudes this is also a fantastic shot um mm. it's just like a long shot of um camelot in the background and him riding towards camera and we see the tower that he rides but with which the ritual took place in as well in this like very long sequence it's really really beautiful um yeah and also like cgi like the this the this camelot isn't real so they had to make it and it looks fucking great um yeah they used a bunch of like old-timey effects as well like they painted a lot of like i think they painted onto the film to kind of get a lot of stuff to look right yeah it's really nice really like yeah Yeah. for for one thing this like this movie is at least visually stunning like throughout Mm. the whole thing that it's it's very well thought through visually and that's i think what attracted me in the first place to it um through the trailer but yeah it's yeah yeah the the at the very least it's going to be enough for them to give this director uh david lowery like Mm. whatever he wants if he wants like a big franchise or something yeah which I'm down for. Yeah, um, it's his like um, old mate getting the chance to direct Dune. Yeah, like, he just got to direct something beautiful enough, and we'll be like, "Yeah, sweet, sweet." Yeah. Here's Dune. You know? Yeah, yeah. He just gets to make Dune. Everyone gets to make Dune. <laughs> Everyone gets one. We're all doing <laughs> yeah. Dune now. 
Uh, I'm excited for your June. More than I'm excited for my June. My June's going to suck. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my Dune is just going to be Dune, but um, the the role of Paul Atreides is played by Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Gumby Dune. Um, <laughs> Mine's just going to be Ladybird, but outside of every window, I've animated in a bunch of sand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sandy Bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lady Worm. Yep. That works much better. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we've got that beautiful shot. And um, yeah, this is where we get the farewell from Essel. Sorry. Um, That's so good. And yeah, it starts uh, raining as she like uh, runs away. There's like a storm coming in. Like pretty obviously the storm is coming. Um, but Pink Floyd notice as well and say like when the cloud bursts thunder in your ear as we're in brain mm. damage right now. So that works. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty nice. Um, and yeah, uh, Gawain comes upon a crossroads where there's a skeleton hanging in a cage. When I was watching this for the first time, by the way, my friend very rightly pointed out this skeleton should have fallen apart. <laughs> there's, like, there's like a full on like science room skeleton hanging out in this cage, fully intact. Uh, but yeah, he should just be old bones. <laughs> I reckon someone's coming and sticking them back together. Yeah. Like, he's a he's a sign. He's pointed the right way. He is. Is the skeleton yeah. the skeleton assembly man is coming by every bloody week to put that skeleton <laughs> yeah. back together. Ugh. Gosh. The skeleton didn't even die in that cage. The guy had to put him <laughs> in like a ship in a bottle. Oh man. Yeah. He's <laughs> like tediously putting the bones back with like tweezers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is so difficult. Oh, he's the man who later invented signs to be like, yeah, guys, we need a better way than just me riding across the kingdom, yeah. reassembling skeletons. <laughs> Fair enough, you know. Oh my god. Or at least we need some sort of glue for these skeletons. I can't be doing this every day. Yeah. The issue is that he couldn't write. He like didn't know how to write, and he's just like, well, I do have a lot of bones. <laughs> yeah. uh, my past is a serial killer is coming in handy. Yeah. Oh well. And that's how we got signs. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Just a weary serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, uh, he sort of, like, doesn't know which way to go and then eventually chooses a path and just goes down it. Um, mm. And, yeah, he, we get into Eclipse and he's traveling through a forest and there's a fox in the distance. Oh, yes. Um, who just sort of, like, disappears and this fox will be a recurring feature. Um, yeah. And uh, he rides past someone shot full of arrows before coming upon a battlefield, mm. Gareth. And we get uh, a new title card on screen saying a kindness in all capitals. Um, yeah. And we've got this little scavenger boy uh, who, yes. is, who is robbing uh, corpses on the battle. Or, like, at least, like, scavenging, um, like, items from, like, this this battle that has raged on. Everyone's dead here. Um, also, this guy is my favorite performance in the whole film. Um, yes. He, like, fucking crushes it, this guy. He's so, so good. Um, mm. Very sinister. I didn't realize until um, the second watch, the synced watch, that this is uh, Barry Keoghan, who... Mm. 
I saw a great tweet about him this year that was just his face, and it's like, if this guy's showing up in your movie, you know shit's about to go down. <laughs> that is- Like, there's just something about him. Yeah, you are absolutely right. You know that there's someone- someone's getting betrayed at some point, just by, like, yeah. his mere presence. He doesn't even have to be involved. He could just walk <laughs> past the screen, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. here we go. <laughs> about to have a season finale or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Here he is. He's he's great. Big fan of this guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, he uh, basically, um, yeah, he's sort of telling a story about like why he's here, collecting all this stuff. And um, yeah, he seems super off to me from the get go, obviously. But <laughs> Gawain like is so naive and instantly trusts him. Um, he's just like uh, asks him for directions to the Green Chapel and the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a, a stream that you should follow um, that, that'll take you straight to the, the Green Chapel. Um, just have to go up north that way and you'll be, you'll be all good. And Gawain's like, thanks, my thanks, and just starts riding off. And he's like, ahem, <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> pardon me? <laughs> uh, where is... Uh, where's a, a little bit of payment for that information, yeah. eh? That, that would be My nice. Our wallet needs to be the colour of that chapel, if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, just a little greener, if you could. Um, <laughs> and uh, Gawain, like, tosses a coin to his witcher, um, just launches one at him, and he's like, there you go, a kindness. Um, and, yeah, continues and rides off. And the guy's How like- many- Sorry, how many old-timey people were getting killed by their coins just being chucked at them to pay for stuff? Oh, for real. This is, like, one of my favorite bits as well. Just, like, like a lord sitting atop a horse and demanding various things be done for them to peasants. I used to do this all the time with friend of the show, Roman, where we would, like, commission, um, like, ah, yes, a portrait of myself and my family must be painted and ready for the the end of the year for christmas time sir here are a few silvers to for your trouble and i'd we'd like mime tossing a bag at a peasant (laughs) we would do that like probably way too long (laughs) (laughs) you're just like at the front of the queue at the supermarket doing this bit to the counter oh we would do this in public like surrounded (laughs) by friends at bars and just like at people's weddings (laughs) You know, the bit has legs like you wouldn't believe, all right? Yeah. More legs than the horse the Lord is atop. For real, man. Those legs go to heaven. Um, (laughs) It's great. Yeah. So, shout outs to you, Roman. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you are so right. It it, it would be so dangerous getting coins tossed at you. Just ballistic missiles um, launched from the Lord's hands. Uh, mm. yeah, I'd be wary of it as a, as yeah. <laughs> I'd no doubt be a peasant and not a lord. <laughs> um, just, yeah. I reckon you could probably print some pauper your way in with that impression. Like, yeah? Yeah. You just find an untethered horse, hop atop, start throwing stones and bags. Everyone's going to think you're a lord. You're in there. Until they open those bags. And then I, then I've just armed the peasants. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You bring all of medieval um, society down. Yeah, there's going to be a legend about me, the most foolish lord, <laughs> as I just get pelted with stones, no matter where I go. God damn! Oh, 
Please do Look, not do that artist. if you see me, by the yes, way. Yes, yes, please. Protect. A scam artist Anna Delvey, like, she got so far because she knew how to talk about money despite not having it. Right. That's all it takes. you got to talk okay. like a lord to live that lord life. All right. So I'm just, like, I'm just passing out empty sacks rather than stone-filled sacks and be like, oh, you must have lost the money. I've got yeah. so much. I just, um, uh, I'll sort it out for you in, in a week. <laughs> you know? Mm. And they're like, what's a week? Um, <laughs> and you're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> what about sacks full of smaller sacks? Oh, and I then like that. will be like, well, this has got to be what the money comes from. Yeah. Sacks all the way down. Yeah. yeah. Sacks on sacks on sacks. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Uh, the ultimate scheme for the, like, <laughs> 900s or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dark ages. Yeah. Perfect. Take me back. Uh, so, yeah, Gawain continues on his journey, um, none the wiser, uh, before he gets ambushed by these uh, scavengers. Uh, the group of thieves out in the woods. Classic uh, stuff, really. And he immediately, like, panics because they, like, pull him off his horse and uh, the scavenger boy re- reappears and says, "Twarn't enough, which I love a lot. Um <laughs> And yeah, Gawain immediately cops the fact that he's not a real knight. Um, and they're like, well, you look like a knight and you yeah. smell like a knight and you've got, <laughs> you got all this fancy stuff there, man. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they cut free his protective sash from his waist yeah. as he's like openly weeping. And yeah, so he is sashless uh, coming up. Uh, yeah, the, the protective rune sash. I don't know. It doesn't protect against getting conned, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Importantly. Uh, no harm will come to you except <laughs> through your own fault, I suppose. Yeah. Um, what we missed was the scene of his mum then showing him that tweet about Barry Cogan and being like, unless yeah. this guy shows up, because then you know shit's going down. <laughs> shit's going down, man. Yeah. Season finale on the sash. Protect your sash from this boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I swear he wears a sash in the Eternals as well. Like Hell maybe he's yeah. in the acting game for these sashes. He's just collecting all the sashes. And once he gets mm. them all, we don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> Some kind of sash dance. Oh. He actually wanted to become like a rhythmic gymnastics person, yeah. but he um ended up walking into the acting class instead. Yeah, he's just slowly collecting sashes from the various films that he's getting cast in. Yes. That's his role. The sash role. Yeah. <laughs> Love to interview you, mate, just to find out more about this, this sash situation. Yeah. Um, we'll talk yes. to you about sashes, Pink Floyd, and then we'll watch your favorite movie. As yeah. long as it's good. <laughs> oh, I don't care if it's good. <laughs> I'll, watch, <laughs> I'll watch it even if it's bad. That's a promise. All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, they, yeah, so the, they start robbing him. They tie him up and like, uh, leave him under a tree as they like go through all his belongings. They jump and stamp on his shields, breaking it in yeah. half. The bloody, uh, God is cutting, cutting twain. Poor boy. Um, and yeah, the scavenger finds the axe and he's like, oh shit, this is a pretty cool axe. And <laughs> he's like, I think it suits me. This, this huge axe that is my height. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it just takes off and he's like, 
I'll I'll finish your quest, Sir Knight. I, it will be me finishing the story. And yeah, he just takes off. Um, and then the um, the scavengers are like, "Oh shit, what should we do?" And they take off after him because yeah, yeah, they just follow him around, leaving Gawain alone as we get the crash sounded on the run once more. Oh, and yeah, of the like the roar of this crash, like the reverb piling on, um, we just like get the slow rotation shot, like 180 degree, no, 360 degree shot of Gawain, um, like lying under this tree bound and gagged. And then it rotates around the forest view um, to reveal like a potential future um, mm. where the scene has be- slowly becomes overgrown uh, and lush as uh, and like reclaimed by nature, uh, leaving Gawain as this like skeleton who is still bound and gagged. Um, yeah. Very dramatic. Also, it's like very heightened hue for this scene as well. Mm. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And we just missed, like, I was freaking out because I thought the famous clocks were going to go off no. when we see him as a skeleton. Sadly but not. But the camera pans just too slowly and yeah. the clocks finish right as we see him as the skeleton. Right as we see him, yeah. And then yeah. we rotate back the same way, back to present day. Like, back the opposite way, sorry. Um, mm. Anti-clockwise, around the clock, uh, as clocks are starting. And, um, yeah, he refuses to give up and uh, inches over to his sword and cuts himself uh, free from his bindings. Looks like it hurts yeah. like a bitch as well. Yeah, I did. Because, yeah, using a fully sharp sword on your hands, <laughs> it's mm. a bad time. Um, but, yeah, uh, we're getting time. I will say, like, this was sort of my... I Because I generally feel like, oh, my God, they've just killed him off and then we yeah. still got all this movie to go. Like, what the hell is going to happen? Yeah. I thought maybe we were going to follow the scavenger for a bit and then maybe oh, he dies cool. and someone else takes over. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen um, The Place Beyond the Pines. No. But it, and I'm sorry for spoiling it, but um, it does a similar twist where it just kills off a character and then follows the next character. That's sweet. And like. Yeah, it, like, it worked so- I don't really rate the film too much, but it worked so well the first time I saw it. Yeah. That, like, trick. Very cool. So I think I was like- It's classic, like, an audience not knowing what they want, but the audience is me not knowing what I want. Mm. <laughs> like, thinking, that'll be cool, but then, you know, what I got instead was much nicer. I had way more Dev Patel. Yeah, exactly. He's still here, yeah. still alive, and he yeah, yeah. has freed himself from his bonds. The subtitles for this section- as he's like running away into the darkness, say unsettling music continues, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which works for me because time is playing. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Pink Floyd, unsettling music continues. Yeah. That's, that's the story of the show. Um, yeah. That's the episode description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, he's like calling out from his, for his horse, which by the way, is named Gringolot, <laughs> which is the funniest name for a horse I've ever heard. Um, yeah. It's very strong. Although, like, oh. actually, horse names are their own bizarre world, especially racehorses. Right? They have the, like, weirdest names possible. Um, yeah. 
I don't know why, but like it's just like a sentence. It's all pr- to prank whoever has to announce them. Really. Yeah, like, I you're think gonna have to say this a whole bunch. That's the idea, but it's sort of be- evolved and become its own thing now. Mm. Um, but yeah, like because regular horses that aren't race horses have fairly normal names like Gringolot. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know why race horses to be have to be called like Bucks are plenty or like whatever. You know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Or Dreams of a Single Ocean or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Dreams of a Single Ocean. What we should do is, and this is like terrible for a vegan to suggest this. Okay. We should get into horse racing. We should both buy huge (laughs) amounts of rival horses. Yep. And name them all names in binary. And then whoever's announcing it is being like, and that's 0011000 coming up front, followed closely behind 0000111. And coming up third is, of course, 0011111. Yeah. Or just like bits of of code that like fuck up the TAB's (laughs) system. (laughs) Like... So that when it like de-aligns everything on the the bidding computers... That's uh, like dream. drop table yeah hey gareth blacklock <laughs> exactly 20 yeah. go to 10 or whatever you know <laughs> uh yeah, control a delete <laughs> <laughs> yes because the tab runs on text-to-speech perfect yeah um oh god uh but anyway, yes, uh, he's calling out for his horse as this fog is rolling in and he uh, stumbles through the darkness before coming across a lake. And we get a new title card for this, uh, like, mini story, I would say, that plays mm. out here. Like, the most, like, cohesive story part of his journey. Again, this not part of the main legend, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it- it's hinted at, I think, a similar legend to yes. the original. But it's not like covered. This is like one of the ones that they had to, they filled in a lot of gaps. But yeah, it's all yeah. right. Um, and I'll say it this is my favorite scene in the film. This sh- could have been its own Oscar winning short film. Yeah, this is really fun. I love this, yeah. this stuff. Um, it's a meeting with St. Winifred as uh, he sees a cottage ahead of this small lake and he goes to explore in there and there's no one there. It seems long abandoned. There's like old food that's turned to mostly dust um and he's like oh okay um and he finds a bed to go into and has a wee has a wee snooze uh right as we get the tempo change in time which i'm very happy about um Mm. and it says gentle music playing when that happens as well (laughs) so just so you know the subtitles are in tune with what pink floyd are up to um yeah anyway uh only to be awakened in the middle of the night by the house's owner, St. Winifred, who is this lady. And they're a spooky ghost, Gareth. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is great. Um, and we're in great gig. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and it's a great gig for the actress Erin Cullyman. Yeah. Who was the best part of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. And crushing it in this short film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, so Gawain says that he's, like, heading home after losing his way, which is important. He says that he's, like, basically given up on the quest. He's not... Mm. At this stage, he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find my way home. Um, uh, and the girl is like, oh, what are you doing with my bed? And uh, <laughs> yeah. she, uh, we learn from her that she has um, lost her head in the lake and Gawain is to dive in to retrieve it. 
and he's like, my lady, your head is on your neck. And she's like, no, 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 <laughs> you don't understand. Uh, and then she tells the story of a man coming to her house and not leaving her alone, um, coming to seek shelter. And she says, just like you, actually, maybe it was you is what she yeah. says, which is like, whoa. <laughs> Anyway, she, like, tried to fight him off, but eventually uh, he returned and cut her head off and threw it into the spring, into the lake. And, um, mm. and yeah, he's like, okay, fuck. <laughs> Weird story, but fair enough. Um, and he's like, what do I get in exchange for helping you? And she's like, why would you ask me that? <laughs> yes. I really love that. She's just like, That's- you expect payment? Like... What are you talking about? <laughs> it's so perfect. It's because it's totally like how knights acted in these old tales. Yeah. Like, and in return, it's almost like video game logic. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll help you collect the gears, but you're going to give Sparrow one of these orbs. Yeah, 500 gold pieces, please, ghost. Mm. Yeah, no. It, it, she's like, what are you talking about? Just get in there. <laughs> and Yeah. Uh, she delivers the line so similar to Howard Moon from um, <laughs> The Mighty Bushwood. Yes. The same way he goes like, don't touch me. Don't ever touch me. Yeah. It's exactly her like, what are you talking about? No. She's like jumped out of this, like being a ghost for a second. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Which I really enjoy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so he's like, okay. And he dives dives on in to the water and swimming around in there, um, we get this fantastic red lighting cue. The whole um, mm. the whole lake turns red, and he is swimming deeper and deeper down through this water. Um, the lake much deeper than it should be, and he spies at the bottom a skull uh, and swims through the depths to retrieve it. And right at the end of the great gig, he like jumps up onto the, well, he doesn't jump. He like slams the skull onto the surface of the, um, of the shore. And there's no one there except Mm. the fox who is watching him there from earlier, um, who runs off and he's like, what the fuck was that? What's that fox about? Um, still following him even now. It wasn't with him with the, um, the scavengers and all that, but it was, it is here now. And, um, so yeah, he returns with the skull in his hands. Uh, he goes back upstairs to the bed and, um, is going to return it to the dead body. Uh, and well, he see, he sees a dead body there on the bed. Sorry. Yeah. Um, which is terrifying considering he was sleeping there. <laughs> I know. Um, and he's like, what the hell? And then looks down to his hands and he sees the girl's severed head in his hands and drops it in fear. Mm. And uh, exactly to the cha-ching of money as well. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, but it whispers yeah. some stuff to him. Um, again, in like a different voice, it says, now I can see thee and I will strike thee down with every care I have for thee. The green knight is someone, you know, mm. a, a message of ill portent from this head. Um, just some classic spooky ghost shit. I love it. Um, and yeah, he like is staring at it and then like reaches for it and it's returned to being a skull, um, like through the magic of editing, (laughs) which, which is fantastic. And yeah, he puts it back on the, the head of the skeleton, uh, the neck of the skeleton rather. And 
the dawn r- rises behind him as he's sort of silhouetted in this uh, window um, as this has taken place over the course of the night. And he looks over uh, to the the stairwell and the axe is there. The Green Knight's mm. axe is just resting there, even though it was stolen earlier. Um, interesting. Mm. Yeah. How did it get there? Magic. Ghost yeah. magic? Who knows? Um, I wonder, like, because we'll get to it as well. Something else that um, Barry, lover of Sasha's stole, comes yeah. back. Like, do you think he went on his journey and immediately got, like, killed by this ghost? Unknown. And his, like, items were dispersed amongst the magical creatures? That's the thing. I think it's, like, yeah. returning these items of, like, story importance back to the hero character. It's just, like, mm. that's just something that happens on the journey, you know? It's, like, it's not going to be explained. It's just, like, this is just how the legend goes, like... And then he got mm. the axe back and you're like, oh, okay. Like, cool. Um, it does yeah, lead, this- um, lend, what's the word? Credence? Lends Creed, mm. the band, to yeah. the theory I've heard that he did just die when um, Barry killed him. And like, oh yeah, the rest is his dream, which I don't really dig because then nah. he has a dream within a dream later. Yeah, and, that's yeah. a bit much. Um, yeah, and he'd make himself seem way cooler if this part yeah. of his dream, I reckon. Exactly, God. Uh, yeah, he's still learning lessons to come, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we get the an interlude now as um, Money Solo rolls on as, uh, yeah, he, his journey continues. Um, with He's just holding this axe on his shoulder um, mm. as he is uh, walking uh, striding through these beautiful landscapes and um, yeah he rests in a cave for the night and the the fox comes a calling again and eventually like they become traveling companions together yeah um, gotta have a little magic fox on your side for a for I a love journey. this fox yeah. yeah he is so cool he's like all CGI but yeah you know not obviously clunkily <laughs> Yeah, and he just scampers along, living living the dream. Yeah, it's just a just a good little good little friend. Um, mm. And yeah, they like sit out the next day together. Um, he slips down a cliffside and drops the little bell that he got from Essel. Now, importantly, this also finds his way back into his possession later. It's, he just also magically has it again, even though it looks to be in the scene that he drops it and leaves it. Yeah, it's like. It's like all these items do magically return to him or they, or he always had them, you know, it's like Mm. not clear when they left or even if they did leave his position, you know? Um, I mean, that's exactly the polar express. So these two do take place in the same universe. (laughs) No, there you go. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he eats some, some wild mushrooms for some nutrients and he feeds some to the fox but these aren't good mushrooms. He throws them up, Gareth, at the end of money. Yeah. And uh, enters, like, has a brief trip out where he thinks his hand is melting away, which is very upsetting. Um, yeah. Like crumbling into dust or something. And he looks up and silhouetted on the horizon is the Green Knight with green lightning flashing behind him super dramatic um yeah again a a a vision or 
a like just part of his mushroom trip <laughs> who's to say <laughs> uh but yes this this doom is looming on the horizon um mm. yeah uh, we go into us and them as we get this stunning shot from above as Gawain is like trudging through marshland. Yeah. I think this scene is this like shot is what sold me on the movie initially. <laughs> uh, just this one still. I was like, damn, it's yeah. like very, very far above looking down at him walking through the marsh with this little fox friend. So good looking. Um, mm. And as he's going, this enormous hand grabs the side of the mountain and pushes off as these huge giants walking by um uh very strange not again not explained these giants they're just like enormous naked uh people uh i think they're all women i'm not entirely sure um yeah i think so they're very ephemeral they're hairless they're yeah slightly out of focus yeah Yeah. because they're huge tries his best to like how does he say it he's like may a weary traveler rest upon your shoulders yeah and hitch a ride and it like the giant talks back to him but it's just so huge and is speaking like the reverberation is so low that he can't understand Mm. anything that they're saying and the giant like reaches down to grab him but he like cowers in fear and uh and so the giant's like oh okay and then the the fox lets out this like howl, uh, yeah. warding them off. Um, I don't know if a fox can howl potentially. Um, I feel like they make I really mean, weird little like yip noises. <laughs> yeah, there was that thorough investigation in 2013 into what the fox. Said. Yeah, a <laughs> deep yeah. delve. A, a thesis was written, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and obviously it's only understandable by giants. That's yeah, what we learn. I guess so. That was that was what mm. that song was about. Thank God. Um, yeah, I love these giants. I think this is so cool and so like, you know, he wants to rest on their shoulders and be carried to his mission. Yeah, and, like work with the giants, and they legitimately can't understand him or comprehend him because he's just so tiny to them. Yeah, which is just a perfect way to sum it all up as well. Yeah, that's a great yeah great summary actually of what's going yeah. on here. Um, yeah, they they are very ephemeral. One of them's carrying like a, an enormous baby as well. Um, yeah, yeah, just good vibes, and it's working mm. really well with the us and them like chorus. As so well, yeah. These these giants like all start like singing like a high pitched song, and yeah, it's, it's it works very well with us and them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get like oh. uh, a shot of him continuing his journey, like walking on past these giants as they like fade into the uh, distance because they're way faster, um, being able to cover a huge amount of ground. And mm. uh, the camera rotates a full 180 degrees, which is again very sickening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it like paints the like the the uh, earth as the sky um continuing yeah. forward it's yeah it's it is a cool shot it's just that it like i get motion sick <laughs> <laughs> that's fair um and yeah uh he's continuing on and through the darkness now and he stumbles and falls like exhausted as he's just been continuing on without anything and the fox uh encourages him to continue forward like starts bleating at him or whatever and um because in the distance is the light of a castle 
and mm. he he stumbles up to the door and falls through the entryway right as the we get the sax solo of us and them coming in the transition um and he just like falls into darkness um and yeah and we see him like there's a fant- uh, this is another great shot like looking down at this bed from above uh it's like a four poster bed situation with s- silken curtains and they're all the same material so it's all like yeah. beautiful black silks with dev patel like sort of shrouded in them um yeah very cool uh, <laughs> yeah and he dreams of his mother like looking after him in this moment he's like he's vaguely like fetal in this situation in this position oh, yeah. as well um yeah like very much him being a child and being cared for and uh yeah but he wakes up uh for real <laughs> because <laughs> he he awoke as part of this vision of his mother looking after him and then he wakes up and there's the, a man here uh looking after him uh and he's like oh i it, i know who you are sir gawain uh you've reached the end of your destination here uh the castle um you can stay here as long as you like it's december 21st so you still have time to complete your quest yeah and yeah, he says that uh, basically the Green Chapel is very close and he doesn't have to um, worry. And uh, yeah, he's a hunter, this guy, and he lives in this uh, this castle with his with the lady of the house as well, um, who looks a lot like Essel, Gareth. Um, <laughs> yeah, like almost sad. almost to say exactly the same, but. <laughs> mm. But Almost as if, if this were a fictional film, Alicia Vikander would have been playing both the characters. Mm, yeah, perhaps. Mm. Perhaps. Uh, at least she looks a bloody lot like her. Um, <laughs> and uh, on screen, we get a new title card that says an exchange of winnings as she appears. And oh, yeah. yes, there's also a strange blindfolded woman at this uh, table who's never really mentioned. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, so she is, like, I've covered this off again, but yeah, she is the, like, mother character and the, like, the character that, uh, I've already said it. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Um, Rewind and then yeah. stumble through trying to find this part again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you got it. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's kind of why she's a non-character here. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, She's just sort of creepy set dressing for this situation yeah, at the castle. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we go into uh, any color as uh, any color you like. That is as um, the hunter's talking about um, him being able to stay here and regain his strength. And yeah, the green chapel is only a day's ride away. So he will, he will not be, uh, he'll be fine to stay here and recover and then mm. face the, face the end of his quest on Christmas morning. Um, and reach it in time and um he sees uh he's wandering around this um mansion as he or as or it's like it's a castle really but um he sees this painting of a hunt a hunting party chasing a fox which i feel like is fairly important um this mm. scene uh but yeah we'll, we'll it's um, a mirror of a shot coming up later which i'll i'll cover it more then um and uh he's like wandering the halls of this castle uh looking at uh books there's a huge library of books here 
um, with like science and there's like a depiction of the the um, solar system, which is pretty wild for medieval times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the lady of the house um, comes here. I just refer to her as that the whole time, by the way. Um, That's good. Uh, I think that's how she's credited as. So oh, good. Sweet. Okay. Uh, yeah, she, like, sneaks up on him and they have a chat about the books. Uh, she's, like, read all of them and uh, has written some of them. And she says that um, sometimes that when she sees uh, uh, room for them, she makes improvements to the stories, mm. which is, like, I think a nod in the in the director being, like, um, he's added things into the story to tell a, oh. to tell a new story. I think that's yeah. like what's going on with that line. Um, yeah, this is the Lady of the House's version. Yeah, version. the Franklin version was the original. Yes, absolutely, the unadulterated, yeah. pure turtle version of the Green Knight. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She gives him a book as a Christmas gift. Oh, bloody love it. It's this weirdly yeah. shaped, like, round book, which is all good. <laughs> Don't know what's going on with it. Um, it's also, like, the writing, and it gets, like, progressively smaller as well. It's very strange. <laughs> um, but we go into brain damage, and ex- in exchange for this book, she requests a kiss. And mm. he very awkwardly gives her a kiss in exchange. Now, all this stuff that takes place in the castle is, like, so much more of a bigger deal in the story, by the way um oh yeah yeah this is mostly what the legend of the green knight is about this like sequence here but uh, anyway um she uh he sits for like an early photograph to be captured of him this scene is awesome um Mm. how she takes this uh terrifying photo of him with like like a room constructed camera which is how you would have to do it in medieval times and creates this like negative of him uh is a depiction so he's like upside down and in black and white and Mm. yeah it's great he must suspect this to be like full-blown magic Um, (laughs) yeah because it's pretty wild um and she comes over to him and she spots and steals the little bell um from his necklace uh and she like questions him about that uh saying like did a lover give this to him and he's like no. again this is something that i thought he'd lost but he just has um yeah and she steals it yeah she steals it from him and again it's, she's the same character she's like essel taking the bell back so mm. yeah interesting um yeah we'll see you on the dark side of the moon is what's playing now coming through uh as we see uh the negative of this uh this portrait here as well so the dark yeah. side of him like a, a reverse reflection of him yeah um and yeah we see the hunter has caught a deer outside um as we were listening to eclipse and he proposes this exchange where um he'll bring uh things that he's he catches on his hunt and gawain will give him anything that he finds at the castle and gawain's like well surely anything that I find at the castle already belongs to you. And he's like, yeah, well, you'd be surprised, you know, like Mm. there are, there are, there are deals that make less sense out there. I think he's referring to the, the green Knights uh, offer, which Gawain took. Um, Yeah. He's saying like, yeah, it's, 
It, it makes sense. Uh, he also says, have you ever seen a hawk kill a horse? Which <laughs> is, he's like, oh, you don't want to see that. <laughs> Bizarre. It's just a strange little throwaway line in there that I was like, man, I don't know. I imagined it and I didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's just one of the like conversation, not quite starters that he's just got in his pocket. Like, yeah. Well, it's almost like his conversation ender. It's like, well, we're not going anywhere after I mention the horse versus the hawk. Yeah. So Except that- That's how I get out of here. We do. It leads us into um, a, a pretty oblique discussion of the themes of the film. Um, yeah. Where, uh, yeah, he's talking about how a man's home is his, like, sanctuary, safe from nature. And um, then suddenly the lady of the house, like, pipes up and uh, is saying, well, why is- why is the night green anyway? Why not? Mm. Why is he not, not a different color? Why is he not red or blue? And then she goes into this extremely long and terrifying <laughs> monologue about <laughs> how like nature comes for us all, like green representing uh, nature and rot and mm. decay and death. Um, and the, the, yeah, the, the, no matter what humans build, um, nature will reclaim it eventually. Like it, it is in- inevitable and tireless and it will eventually come for us all. Like is the, is yeah. the nature of her, um, her monologue. And it is made all the more terrifying over the heartbeats between <laughs> yeah. albums. Cause we are going into our third playthrough and into uh, speak to me and breathe throughout this made all the more terrifying by the fact that this film was released on amazon yeah and amazon are the ones you know trying to stop nature <laughs> yeah for real oh that yes yeah, yeah. pretty wildly <laughs> ironic huh um, they should have like panned over and added in jeff bezos being like but don't worry guys we're working on killing nature we'll get it done <laughs> we're doing my bit we're doing our best over here enough yeah. money and we'll get there we'll package I it stabbed up. a tree with a plastic knife earlier <laughs> plastic knife oh my god (laughs) that'll take that nature you bitch um and yeah it's it she uh yeah the speech culminates in that um everything nature will come and destroy everything it'll it'll reclaim what it once had even virtue it will conquer is what she says um Mm. staring pretty hard at gawain um as she's saying that and uh gawain talks about honor um, how he doesn't fully understand like what he wants as a knight. He's like, um, he's like, honor will stand in the way of nature and it won't be tarnished by it. And he's like, Oh, is that, is that what you want though? Is that, he's like, yeah, it's, it's part of what I want. You know, it's part of the life that he sees for himself. He's still torn between these two worlds, you know? Um, mm. um and, Finally, the the hunter questions like the nature of his quest. He's like, so doing this one honorable act, and you return home afterwards, and you're a changed man. You're a knight. You're you're an honorable honorable pers- person. And Gwen's like, yeah, I guess that's how it works. And he's like, man, that's pretty wild, <laughs> pretty crazy, <laughs> stuff, huh? bro. Yeah. I do like that the, these guys are sort of representing Gawain's like internal monologue about the whole situation. Mm. Like they're like <laughs> trying to help him through it. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
as we go into on the run and we get the only interaction with this creepy blindfolded lady uh, <laughs> she just comes in and like puts a hand on gawain's forehead and then leaves and it's like mm. okay <laughs> i don't know what this is for it, it just sucks that she used to be this super important character um I would love it if she was played by the by the same actress as the mum. That would have worked great. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, anyway, uh, we see the portrait now has changed. It's like a mirror of the portrait that we saw earlier, except the hunter is chasing a man rather than a fox now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Gawain wakes up the uh, one morning. Um, I think this is the either the Chris no this can't be this is Christmas Eve morning um yeah where he wakes up and he finds the lady standing over him and she like effectively offers herself to him uh and he says it wouldn't be right even though like she's for all intents and purposes Esau <laughs> so it's it's tough for him and uh, he uh she asks him if he believes in witchcraft and then uh yeah, it sort of angles this in a way where he like resists her and then she she presents him with the golden girdle, the the sash that was stolen yeah. earlier. And he's like, Where did you get that? And she's like, I made it. I made it I made it myself for you. Um and it will protect you. And it's like it's the it is the same sash. And she yeah. re- she returns it to him but gives it to him as a gift and exchange in exchange for this, for getting this protection back. He like succumbs to her basically. And yeah, we get the crash sound in on the run to an exceptionally awkward sex scene. Um, yeah, how are you going to describe this one, Jim? Okay, yeah. Because so, it's made all the weirder by the fact that she's giving him the sash that his mom gave him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in this exact same kind of way, saying that she made it as well. Yep. Yep. And yeah. It's not great. there's a very good sync coming, but <laughs> forgive the pun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, the, we're, we are, like, he's having, having sex. It's not, like, it's, like, tastefully done. No one's, like, really seeing anything. Um, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, the clocks go off as he ejaculates. <laughs> so, yeah, we see the girdle like covered in his own jism. <laughs> Gareth, uh, yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah. And she declares that he is no knight. Um, yeah, like calling him out for who he is, truthfully, because mm. he wouldn't have like succumbed to this if he truly was a knight. Is the le- is the lesson here? And we'll see that, like, truly informed, like, for the final parts of the movie. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, yeah. And in, in taking the sash, he's already failed, you see. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he's, like, terrified, like, sort of, like, coming down from this weird-ass situation. And suddenly yeah. the creepy woman is there again. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. And he, like, makes a beeline to escape the castle um, over the very ominous t- chords of uh, time coming in. More <laughs> unsettling music continues. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he runs off into the forest and there's this huge beast that's been uh, killed by the hunter. I think it's a bear. I can't really tell. Um, it's- yeah, it had a bigger role initially in the film because a bunch of... Um- 
publicity shots leaked of Dev Patel holding this giant fake heart. Whoa. Yeah, and then that didn't turn out to be anything. But interestingly, the fake heart was entirely vegan. Oh. So. Okay. <laughs> take a bite, Dev. <laughs> vegan heart. Uh, mm. Delicious. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the hunter uh, is here and he is like quick questioning he's like oh god you killed this beast for you and is there are you certain there is nothing that you were given that you want to give me in return go away (laughs) and um again referring to the game the the like exchange deal that they made um and uh he leans down and gives gawain a kiss uh on the lips uh but again, Gawain, like, doesn't clue into the fact that he's supposed to give over the girdle, like, the, mm. the green sash, um, and give it back. And he's like, get away. I didn't want to play this game with you anyway. And the hunter's like, oh, all right, well, very well. Go on then. Uh, and he hands over the fox also that he caught in, in a, a trap. And he's got it in, a, the, a, a, like, big sack. And he's like, yeah. Uh, paint me a painting <laughs> he tosses the <laughs> fox at his face um, no he doesn't do that um, but yeah he gives it to him uh, yeah and he's like well I guess I guess uh, go on to your destiny then and he takes his leave right as we go into times solo um, yeah and we get uh, the final part here um, so that by the way that whole sequence is like so much more important in the um, in the legend um, yeah this this exchange game that plays out is like it's more like fairy tale in nature in that um the hunter returns with um beasts that he's hunted and uh offers them to gawain and he is being seduced by the lady of the house uh and each time the the hunter returns he gives him he gives him a kiss because the lady has given him a kiss and um again oh. in the legend uh, on the on that final day, um, they they do they make love, and then uh, she gives him a the sash, and uh, he he tries to escape, and instead of giving over the sash, he like runs away because he can't hand that over <laughs> to this other yeah. to this guy, um, and yeah, so that's like another important part of this uh, keeping the sash, and it's. Uh, Again, covered off a bit more in detail uh, once we reach the end of the legend. So I'll give you the the, the final part coming up. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we've got the beheading at the Green Chapel, Gareth, as uh, yeah. we enter this, like, golden-hued forest, uh, which is stunning. And um, he makes his way, and he sees the boat on the riverbank, and the fox tries to like ward him away from it and then starts speaking to him and it says go that way and your doom is at hand there will be no mercy no happy end oh just scary talking foxes you know just there's not not a good not a good time when the fox starts talking you know um (laughs) Unless you're watching old um, Disney's Robin Hood or the Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. Yeah. If a fox starts talking, then chaos is going to reign. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he tries to, it tries to ward him off and convince him to head home and embrace 
that he's not who he's trying to be, that this like mm. this brave knight isn't really who he is. And um he's like, It's fine, I've got this protective sash that will look after me and uh he's like the fox is like, There's no need for gifts where you're going. You shouldn't need yeah. it. You shouldn't need that. If you truly were who you said you were, then you wouldn't need that. And um He's like, fuck off, Fox. <laughs> Starts, yeah. takes a swing at it, and the Fox just, like, uh, is driven away. Um, yeah, drops character, turns back to a Fox, and, like, scampers. Yeah. Um, and so, he, yeah, he continues on to the chapel, and, uh, yeah, paddles his boat downstream, and, yeah, we reach the chapel itself, which is so beautiful. It's this, like, mm. ancient ruin of a chapel overtaken by plants and vines and like part of the river there's water like flowing through it it's such a beautiful place um yeah yeah and uh yeah we get great gig as it's introduced we see like just Mm. shots of like earth and worms and foliage and roots and things as this as this area is introduced and it's yeah. yeah even before that like time mm. kind of introducing the scene and saying far away across the field calls the faithful to its knees exactly hear, and then hear the softly spoken magic spell it's like jeepers creepers guys yeah great match great yeah. great match and yeah we see uh gawain like silhouetted in this entryway like lit by like golden light behind him as yeah and he sees ahead of him at the top of the stairs with like water flowing down these uh, stairwell, um, the the Green Knight who is like grown into the wall, um, yeah, with vines flowing down his back and like through him effectively, um, and yeah, Gawain like approaches and leaves the axe on the steps, um, giving it back to the knight, and then yeah, just waits, kneels down and waits, um, because it's still Christmas Eve and he's supposed to be here on Christmas day, Christmas morning. Mm. Um, and yeah, we see through the night that the, that the, um, the green Knight awakens his like eyes, like look at him, um, very creepily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the next morning, did you notice the green Knight's face changes a bunch as well? Yes. So there's a reflection of the water below him, like causing a ripple effect on his face and like it sort of reflects um the king's face multiple times Mm. and i think also his own face uh but yeah it's like this shifting image it's not quite clear who it's supposed to be um yeah but yeah it's it's yeah it's uh, unsettling um yeah it's the green knight playing with snapchat's face swap filter yeah over the night because he couldn't sleep for christmas i mean fair enough there's not much else to do here in the in the green chapel um, yeah. yeah, and not much else to do with Snapchat. No one else is on it. <laughs> Just the Green Knight. Yeah, there's a reason Snapchat's uh, logo is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> just the it's just the Green Knight on there and Saint Winifred just vibing out, <laughs> sending face swap pictures to each other. Yeah, yeah. Except so Saint Winifred's been quiet for a while on there, but since she lost her head, she can't yeah. fewer selfies. Um, <laughs> She can't use the face ID on her iPhone. No, she can't unlock her phone. (laughs) Tragedy. Uh, (laughs) That's our modern ghost story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, incredible. 
Um, yeah. So the the it's, the it's Christmas morning, and the Green Knight awakens and he, he comes down. He says, "Good sir, is it Christmas?" <laughs> like very friendly. <laughs> he's in a different story. Uh, yeah. And yeah. like he's at the end of Christmas Carol. Yeah, and he yeah he descends the stairs and picks up his axe and comes over to um <laughs> to young Gawain. He's like, "Do you recall where you cut me?" And he nods, yes. And he's like, and have you come to see that blow returned? And again, he nods, yes, but much slower <laughs> this time. Mm-hmm. And he says, then kneel. And we go into money. And yeah, Gawain is like much too nervous to accept this this blow, this fate. Because he's, ne- he's knelt before the knight and he like flinches each time. Uh, mm. because the knight like moves to swing his axe and he flinches away and he says he needs like time to prepare the knight. Uh, sorry. The knight asks him if he needs a moment to prepare himself and yeah. he's like a moment or a year would be not enough time. You know, like he, he, it's been, it's already, he's been a year waiting for this and there's no way he can prepare himself for it. And, um, the knight's like, why did, why are you showing fear? When I showed you none, when the circumstances were reversed, like I, I wasn't afraid. I accepted mm. my fate just as you should, you know. Um, and he's terrified. He uh, is crying into the dirt, and yeah. uh, the Green Knight's like patiently waiting and asking him if he's ready. <laughs> and he's he like flinches away uh, again, and then asks um, if. He says, is, is this all there is? And the green knight is like, what else ought there be? Which is like, he's like asking nature if life is all there is. <laughs> yeah. And nature's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so good. <laughs> it's just a great, great series, great bit of dialogue there. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, he finally, uh, is ready to take the blow and then flinches and runs away back to the river. He can't face it. He apologizes and runs away. Um, and he sees his horse there waiting for him as a miracle. And mm. we get a uh, like touching reunion, very like um, never ending story <laughs> vibes. <laughs> um, and then uh, the voyage home appears on screen as Gawain is, he's returning home to Cavalot. There's no dialogue from here on uh, up until the final part. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, he returns home to Camelot over the money solo, just wailing it. <laughs> Meets Essel in the entryway um, and comes back with her and his mother washes his wounds and his body from his travels and we see that the sash is still around his waist and uh, we see him making love to Essel and then he he fathers a child to her and yeah <clears throat> sash Stallone for that oh yeah sash against Stallone um we go into us and them and we see the king and queen on on their deathbed they're lying there um fading away and he uh the king knights Gawain as as a true knight after completing this journey and mm. hands his sword to him effectively naming him as successor in this moment before dying. Yeah. Um, before literally that, fading away. Uh, as yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Like just 
ghosting out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Turning down that opacity in Photoshop. <laughs> yes, to zero. Uh, oh, uh, that's how I'm going to call dying when I die. <laughs> turn to well, time to slide opacity down that opacity. At zero. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, and then. This is when um, us and them kicks in. Yes. As well. Those dramatic organs. Yes, so good. And then, uh, yeah, Gawain is coronated. He is made king. With the, the, the crowns in this movie are so good. They're like mm. um, biblical halos attached to these uh, crowns uh, from like a, a painting. It looks so good. What a great design. Um, and. Uh, Essel gives birth to her child, which is fucking taken away from her by creepy yeah. old Merlin, who uh, drops a pile of coins on the bed, uh, which is stained with blood. It's just awful. Um, and she's like crawling on the floor, trying to like scream out as this baby is taken away. And Gwen is just watching like mm. with no expression before leaving the room. Um, and yeah. And Gawain instead um, marries a, a noble woman who I briefly thought was the ghost, but isn't. It's a completely, yeah, di- completely different actress. Just they're both uh, ginger hairs. So sorry about that. Um, yes, different people. Uh, just a, a noble lady. Um, and on their wedding night, they're preparing uh, to lay with each other. And um, he's still wearing the sash, we see. Um, and... We see that war has broken out in the kingdom and he is mm. preparing for battle, looking over maps and uh, wooden figurines, uh, which get knocked over by his young son, who is wearing like a silver um, circlet. And uh, he like comes over to him and takes his hand. And then we flash forward many years um, and we see that same son now as a young man who is in the war and is dying from his wounds from the battle. And uh, Gawain comes in uh, and like takes his hand again, but this time his son dies. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we see him like clutching the silver circlet and returning to Camelot um, uh, uh, after coming back from the front of this war and the crowd are jeering and throwing the stones that he threw at them uh, <laughs> back at <laughs> his face. Um, yeah, he's become like a widely despised king for yeah. this, for his mishandling of the kingdom and this war. And um, he sees uh, Essel uh, silhouetted in the crowd um, as the crowd itself fades away. And he just sees her silently judging him. Um, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, a new heir with his, um, with his uh, nobleman wife. And we see the, um, the family portrait Well, like not the family portrait, the, his portrait from the castle, the, um, that was created hung behind him in the, in this, his castle with his like family around him, including his mother who's behind him on his mm. right side. And um, uh, the city is being attacked and is under siege. And uh, we see men holding the gates or holding the entrance to the um, the castle, uh, the doors back. And his uh, his wife and child get up and walk away from him. 
and then his mother like touches his shoulder and walks away from him and he's all alone um yeah. just staring i love a sad king i love oh, a yeah. king or any kind of leader that knows he's failed and outside the gates yeah come the like you know come the proof like there's that Coldplay song about it. There's a Vampire Weekend song about it. Um, Trump's whole presidency kind of was about <laughs> it. Like, just the sad loser in his um, yeah. lonesome castle. It's just such a good thing. Like, I'm pretty sure, isn't it, in our, like, Facebook chat, I'm called the Sad King? I don't, I don't think I've named you the Sad King. The Sad oh, King okay, is good. the secret character of the podcast <laughs> yeah. that has been lurking we- in the shadows from the get-go. Yeah, we stand a sad king. Absolutely. (laughs) That is the damn truth. Um, (laughs) Not Trump, by the way. Uh, No, no. Oh, yuck. Yeah, sorry. Uh, That's a a free political statement from from me on (laughs) on Sink Floyd. Uh, I think we made, we outright paused the show to say we don't like Trump on our last, like, second to last one before Christmas last year as well. Merry Christmas. Just a a yearly reminder (laughs) One year hence, we still don't like the guy. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the enemies are at the gates and uh, yeah. Gawain in his chair, like sullen faced, he pulls the sash away from his waist and holds it in his hand and his head falls from his shoulders as if it was struck off. Like the sash yeah. was the only thing holding it there in the first place. Um, yeah. And that's right at the end of any color you like. Um amazing mm-hmm. and from there we cut back to the green chapel as this was all a vision that gawain was seeing of a potential future again like as the axe was swinging before him uh yeah this was like what could have been if he like flinched and ran away you see um, yeah so this is my big thing that he had to kind of see this all to be like yeah oh see i'm helping everyone if my mission just ends with this kind of beheading like yeah. you know i'm doing everyone a favor which yeah. i think like in these like you know covid times <laughs> oh you just tense up when anyone starts a sentence like that yeah but um i think like the, you know the last year year or two people have spent a lot of time going like oh what if this one thing was different and a lot of people do then try to you know spin it to be oh no this is the best case scenario this would have happened or this could have happened if Mm. we didn't have that like and i think it's quite irresponsible that marvel released what if Mm. when a lot of people were you know spending their time wondering what if yeah so it's good to just kind of you know let someone have their thought experiment of no no this is this random set of occurrences that is life is turned out best this is this is how this is how it's meant to go exactly out you know Yeah. yeah there you go perfect Mm. um and yeah he like uh he sees this future and as the knight swings his axe he says wait and he removes the sash from his waist and sets it aside um Mm. and he accepts his fate with bravery and he says i'm ready now because again he didn't need that um the sash and that was it um the knight kneels down to him with a very kind face and um, yeah. uh, touches his cheek and he says, well done, my brave knight. Now off with your head. <laughs> yeah. And like smiles broadly. And then we get the chorus of brain damage kicking in as the title card for the film appears. 
It's the yeah. Green Knight, baby. And it's like etched into a tree stump, which is being overtaken with moss. And we yeah. go into the credits. Um, it's left ambiguous, the ending here. But I can tell you the ending of the legend, if you would mm. like, which um, yeah, yes, which is a little bit more explicit about what happened here. Um, so the the sash is the key obviously uh, the being given over um in the in the legend um he he does he does he takes the sash off and everything and the green knight swings and cuts slightly into the back of his neck and but does not proceed further and um that uh small cut into the back of his neck was because um Oh, he didn't return the sash to the hunter. It was not a like he. It was the like one failing part of his quest. He was not like brave enough. It was not the noble knight path to choose. You see, um, yeah, and yeah. So that was the the failing, uh, and yeah. It turns out that it was his like this. Uh, it's the sister of the king who had set up this Christmas game to like prove the story of the night and was never going to cut his head off. But um, like as a lesson here in terms of like being a brave knight and sticking to your virtue, um, they uh, he would return with this story and with this cut to the back of his neck and the green sash. And um, the legend ends with um, Arthurian knights wearing green sashes to uh, remind them to be virtuous and ah. yeah so there you go okay interesting yeah and so yeah, I, I can see why that kind of ending being what you're expecting and instead getting this wholly ambiguous yeah guitar solo of a film yeah. would be kind of in a different yeah different position yeah it's it's i i do like the ending being ambiguous um yeah yeah it's like it is important i think the the ending is much more about um it's still like a lesson f- to uh separate yourself from the like coddling of your mother effectively um <laughs> like she is like pushing him in the direction of like becoming like something more but not necessarily a brave knight like you know mm. she's saying she's trying to get him out of the house um <laughs> And, you know, like, whether or not he is a brave knight is up to him. And the the green knight is this lesson that, like, you can be greater, but um, if you, if you, like, are constantly relying on those, like, around you, um, and, like, well, like, if you are constantly relying on these people that look after you, like, are you even, like, acting for yourself, you know? Like... Mm is the idea anyway i think like it's it's about yeah. it's about growing up and mostly uh it's a coming of age story <laughs> yeah Green Knight. uh yeah <laughs> we do get like a post credits sort of scene um for this it doesn't really play over much um it's just a uh a child is playing in the throne room and picks up the crown um that was that has fallen off of the beheaded um version of gawain uh here yeah puts it on so yeah yeah which is again an interesting kind of you know you want to play knight you want to play hero yeah life's not going to be like that exactly child yeah it's just like it's Mm. about growing up it's not about being this like figure or symbol or whatever you've just got to like fucking 
own up for yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it's a good little zinger against Gawain to end it on. Yeah. And it is happening just as the heartbeats for the like end of the album. Yeah. So it's as if to say like, oh, the cycle's going to continue. Yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed they didn't do the like nick to the back of the neck thing, but that's fine. Like, I, I, yeah. I think it's good enough that like you still get the same kind of lesson with this. So, mm. you know. Um, now, would you have been less disappointed if you hadn't gone in thinking it was the Green Knight? Because they painted the Green Knight red and white and they called it Santa. Mm, that would be interesting. I'd be like, why does Santa have an axe? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, why is he? Why is everyone talking about like the entropic decay of the earth <laughs> whenever he's around? <laughs> Don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. Why, why is he not in his toy shop? Why is he sitting in his green chapel? Yeah. What's, what's going on? What's going on, Santa? That would be what I'm asking in Santa's grotto, a.k.a. the... <laughs> The uh the green chapel. There's <laughs> <laughs> a green chapel at every mall these seasons. Yeah. <laughs> this season. Oh my god, that would be so funny. <laughs> Holy shit. He's asking you for like what you want for Christmas, but it's for next Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't have enough time. All right. <laughs> yeah. If you give me a gift now, I'll give you that same gift <laughs> back to you in one year. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what did you think and how like did it investing. sink, Gareth? What did you think? And what did I think and how did it sink? Yeah, bub. Indeed. You know, I'm a lot like... Searching for a sink makes me a lot like Galwayne, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make sense of a truly random wor- world by, you know, trying to make sense of a truly random occurrence of hearing an album with a movie. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's... Currently, it's sitting ambiguously, much like this film. But I will say, like, purely thematic and vibing, we were there, I would say, most of the time. Yeah. I think none of this felt completely jarring. And then there were some good moments, lyrically, and some nice little cues. I think we're looking at a high number. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm feeling good about this one. I want to say, like, an eight. An eight? Yeah. Just, like, yeah. for, like, pure vibe and also just, yeah, many, like, actual sinks in there. Pretty impressive. Mm, love Eight's it. a good space to be. Lock it oh. in. Well, speaking of eight, it's almost <laughs> the festive season and people are going to have eight a lot of food. Mm-hmm. But first, what movie are we covering <laughs> next week? <laughs> oh, I'm sweating saying that segue. Oh, that was fantastic. You had your oh. own hero's journey saying that. Um, <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Uh, well, next week, Gareth, I've got another, we're going back again. We're going to have a good time. Uh, what <laughs> happened? We're going to be listening to the Pink Floyd and the Dark Side of the Moon once more. And you know what I'm going to be saying, Gareth? I'm going to be saying, play it again. Whoa. Play it again, Sam, because it's Casablanca. Whoa. A classic. Ah. Yeah. Famously, you'll be saying it, but no one in the film will be. Oh, well, never yeah. mind. So stay tuned for that next week. Until then, um, follow Sync Floyd on all your favorite social medias and even the ones you don't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you to people who have included us, have shown us that they were in their Spotify rap. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Wild. Thanks so yeah. much, listeners. For, for Yeah, we, we love to hear that. It was, it was a very nice surprise. 
Mm. Also, fun fact, my Spotify wrapped was an absolute mess <laughs> this year, my <laughs> personal one. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the less I speak about <laughs> that situation, the better. But thank you so much, listeners. Yeah, the top 1% of Pink Floyd, yeah. so they can enjoy four cents from you <laughs> this year. <laughs> oh, mate, they'll be, they'll be laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, Gosh. that's a cent each. Yeah, mate. Oh, boy, just put it away for the... <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a fund, boys, and you'll, mm. you'll give it to set. the Green Knight. And when he gives it back, oh, there would have been inflation. What, so, what yeah. interest rate is the Green Knight offering? That's the real question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, he lives at a bank, a river. Oh, yeah, it's all about investment. <laughs> I've been Gareth Blackler. Oh, I've been James Barron. Goodbye. Thank you to our co-hosts who weren't on mic, the Green Knight and the Candyman. And until next time, in trust and friendship, we shall part. I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. Oh. I became the Green Knight. (laughs) I was saying that. I briefly forgot. Okay. Bye. (laughs)